This is Meet the Movie Press. It is Friday the 23rd of August 2019 on the show today. D23, predictions and things. Sony's Disney feud, Matrix 4, Bond 25, It 2, reviews, box office and more. All the maths of Hollywood. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now. Here's Popcorn Talks. Meet the Movie Press. Uh, welcome back. Uh, meet the Movie Press. I uh, had a week off last week. Scott Menzel, thank you so much for sitting in for me. I really appreciate it. Again, doing a little bit of an impression of me, which yes. I kind of appreciate it. <laughs> uh, imitation is the best form of flattery, so I will very much take that. Thank you so much. Uh, my name, for those of you who don't know, is Simon Thompson. Uh, I'm the host in this chair. Uh, you can find me on social media at ShowbizSimon uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Scott Menzel, who are you, please? Where can we find you? Twitter and Instagram at the other scott m you can also find me at we live entertainment.com and for those of you who don't know silas lesnick silas <laughs> i have been wanting to get you on this show for the longest time so thank you so much for being here well thanks today. for having me dude an absolute pleasure so for those people who might not know who you are or where we can find your work and your history who are you where can we find you and where can we see your work in history <laughs> <laughs> i am uh, i am an entertainment journalist i've been one for a little more than a decade now um i used to be a managing editor of coming soon.net now I'm working with a, a company called Movie Bill. Uh, you may have seen some of our magazines last year at Regal Theaters, sort of like a, a, a playbill, but for for movies. Uh, the the physical editions are on hold, but we're getting ready for a relaunch later this year. That should be really cool sounds pretty exciting uh, and uh, you say you've been doing it for 10 years um, also you're one of the best in the industry in my opinion thank you so uh, so thank you for doing this a lot to get through today D23 is kicking off and basically anybody in the industry that's not us is down there yes. uh, this weekend all writing the same thing which is always super helpful which is great thank you for that uh, <laughs> a couple of things have been announced already um, for this uh, there was a uh, Disney theme parks on that, on that angle there was a, a, a Avengers Campus which which is the Avengers part of the theme parks here in LA and in various other parks around the world as well, which is quite exciting for, for those people coming in a very interesting week. Uh, for Avengers and Disney. We'll talk about that more later in the show. But some movie news as well. Scott, can you take the lead on this? There was an announcement this morning about a Christmas movie. Oh, yes. So I I believe it's Noel, right? And it's starring Anna Kendrick and Billy Eckner and also Bill Hader. And uh, apparently the rumor was that this was supposed to go theatrically Mm. and now it's going to be on Disney+. Plus. One of the first original movies for Disney+. Plus. I have to say, I am a little bit curious about whether some of the most interesting Disney product is going to end up on Disney+. Plus, And we're just going to see more of the same put on the big screen. Because they're doing all these live-action ones, and they're sticking those on the big screen. We've got a gazillion more Avengers movies or Marvel MCU movies that are going to be on the big screen. Not a lot of original stories, you know, some animation and stuff like that. But a lot of this really new content is definitely heading streaming. Well, I think the this is an interesting play for Disney right off the bat because I think they're competing with Netflix right away. Because last year they had the Christmas Chronicles movie, yep. uh, which did very well for came Netflix. Came out of nowhere and yeah, did very came well. Came out of nowhere. So now they have these 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 big actors in this movie who they can already bank off of. Yeah. So they're like I think they're 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 they got their their boxing gloves out right away. Um, and a couple of expectations about what we're going to hear over the next couple of days, Silas. Uh, I know you're super into sort of MCU and that kind of thing. So, for your expectations on a superhero front, what are you looking to see come out of D23 as far as announcements go? We know kind of we have inklings of stuff already. You know, it, it, it's it's weird because Comic Con just happened, yeah. and uh, they, they said at Comic Con that they they have not only the Phase Four they announced, but Phase 5 planned as well. Yeah. 
I personally think it's a little too early to mm-hmm. to announce Phase Five when Phase Four hasn't even actually started in theaters. Yeah. That being said, it sounds like Phase Five is comprised of a lot of movies that we already know. So. It would be cool to get more announcements. I kind of hope they just concentrate on movies we already know a little about. Black Widow is one that's like, mm. maybe we should have a trailer. It, it comes out not that long off. It's it's next May. Yeah. Um, it's been shot. Uh, it seems like Eternals. You could tell us a little more. Um, I, I hope it's that. But I will also say D23 is really good on showmanship and surprises. So... I would not be surprised if there's something akin to the Comic-Con Blade announcement that nobody saw coming and is just there and is super cool. Well, I remember at last D23, I was uh, doing the press line, and it got those press lines along. They literally go on all day. Um, and there were so many announcements, stuff that we weren't expecting, um, and people that we weren't expecting to be on stage. They would literally keep handing out cheat sheets all day. Going, what the? It's frozen. T- Hang on, we got Wreck-It Ralph? What? The- what? All these different things. So it, I fully expect there will be a number of people who do turn up that you won't be expecting. I mean, last time it was Avengers Endgame, where pretty much everybody in the Avengers universe suddenly turned up, and we we were there to talk to them about something they weren't able to talk about because it was still quite early on. Are you expecting Fantastic Four to be announced here? I hope not, to be honest. I kind of feel like slow down a little bit. I, I hope when Fantastic Four enters the universe, it's a big surprise and part of something that isn't necessarily a new Fantastic Four movie. Scott, on, on this, you, you appear to have a, a couple of thoughts you're going to say something. Oh, I was just going to say that a um, couple of things that I predict are going to happen. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to have a sneak peek at some uh, either one full song from the new Frozen film where Adina and Kristen will probably come out and sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my prediction. Um, I'm hoping that we're going to um, see Deadpool announced today uh, that's what that's what i'm hoping for because there's been the last couple of weeks there's been this rumor about deadpool not maybe not happening or it's going pg-13 so i'm hoping that happens and then the the final thing that i i definitely think is going to happen and it's not going to be you know come out now for a while but i think there's going to be a new star wars trailer dropped today but i think that it's only gonna me. i think it's only gonna be i'm sorry tomorrow morning not today uh for the D23 audience and then will be shared with the world later on today because unlike Comic-Con Disney knows what they're doing and they actually can kind of build up some hype yeah no I, I absolutely agree with, with with all your predictions there as well and going back to your point with regards to uh, for both of you the fact that you know phase five are some of these prod- products that we're and they are basically products that we're hearing about are we hearing about some of these too soon and we're going to get a bit bored about hearing about them will they lose their value over the next four years because we're talking about movies now that will be coming out 2024 2025 and i i think that's always a possibility yeah. i think we saw that happen this year uh with godzilla king of the monsters and i think warner brothers instantly regretted having godzilla versus kong coming in in next march i still suspect that will be delayed yeah um, it it's it's certainly possible to uh, to do that. I, I will say what is cool about Marvel's Phase Four is that the ideas are so out there that it's a lot harder to know what they're going to be like. Yeah, I mean, I the, personally, there's a couple of characters that haven't been announced for the next phase of Marvel that I would like to see return. So I'd at least like to hear how some of the characters might pop up in other movies over the next few days. Because personally, I'm a big fan of, of Ant Man. 
Um, I'd really like to see more of an Ant-Man standalone movie. He he did particularly well in Endgame. Um, you know, he got a lot of a lot of story time there. But I just want another Ant-Man movie. Ant-Man's one of my favorites, and in yeah. fact, I, rewatching Endgame uh, after buying the Blu-ray, I, I realized like one of the things that sort of makes me dislike the movie is that the relationship between Ant-Man and his daughter is so good yeah, in right. the Ant-Man movies, and I feel like Endgame was like, that is a great relationship. Give it to Tony Stark. <laughs> no, it's such, I was flying back from uh, flying to and flying back from London this week, and uh, literally there for 72 hours, and everybody on the plane, I'll tell you that. 80 to 90 percent was mainlining marvel movies back to back for like 10 or 11 hours people love these movies and they they do want more even if we might be a little bit sick of them sometimes audiences do want more of these a really important part of the show is you guys in the chat really appreciate you thank you and being part of it in already this morning blackrock 316 dr pepper a pecker uh film jamie film jamie hello hugh jennings hello from london uh also uh, carson bertrand in there welcome good to see you back xeno hour in there xeno hour outside Simon, it's a shame there's nothing to talk about today, lol. Absolutely. Uh, so I might not talk about a lot of uh, stuff that is in the chat today, but I'm very interested to see your comments because we have so much to get through. Uh, Zeno Hour saying Disney Plus announced a show called The Word According to Jeff Goldblum. Sold. Anything with Jeff Goldblum in it? <laughs> I am absolutely willing to say. It probably won't make a lot of sense if you've ever had a conversation with Jeff Goldblum. He's he's like talking a bit to like a drunk uncle. Yes. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it's always fun. Uh, Dr. Pecker, if Disney wants to compete with Netflix, they're going to have to come out with their big guns. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely, and this is what they appear to be doing. Uh, Animation Dude, the secret project turned out to be the cast member documentary uh, going to Disney+, Plus, a biggest letdown so far of the convention. When we're talking here about the big guns and, and bringing stuff out to compete with, with Netflix, um, I've seen a couple of things that they kind of did push out a couple of months ago that they were going to be doing on Disney+, Plus that they've already shelved. Are they already at this point, do you think, doing a little bit of a, a reset for what they want to push out and how they want Disney Plus to be perceived as a platform? There's a lot of stuff that was animated to do with the villains of the, the Disney universe, and they're going, that's now not going to happen. Do you think they're already at this point now, the public having more of an idea about what the Disney Plus streaming service is going to be? They're kind of readjusting their perception a little bit? Silas? I kind of feel like, if anything, they're, they're seeing uh, what the competition has to offer and saying, Maybe we don't need to do all this at the beginning. Yeah. Maybe we can spread it out a little more because, I mean, especially when you look at, like, Apple's streaming service, it's like, yeah. oh, you, you, you might have some series one day that have some high-profile people attached. Yeah. Whereas Disney's like, on day one, we're going to have a new Star Wars live-action TV show. We're going to have a live-action Lady in the Tramp movie. We're going to have a Toy Story series. It's just like there's so much coming. And that's not even – that. that's just new stuff. Yeah, like I, I feel like there's going to be enough just catalog material on Disney Plus. <sighs> I know. I still seriously when the, what they bought now from Fox and obviously all the stuff that was old Disney Company. I mean, it's just incredible, Scott. What I was just going to say is, you know, you brought up Fox again. You know, I think this this end of year going fro- Fox Searchlight, the few Fox movies that are left that have to come out. Yeah, they are going to choose very wisely. I feel next year what they're going to put out theatrically. Yep. And what they're going to put to Disney Plus with the remaining Fox things that have been completed or in post production. 
Yeah. And I think that's that's going to be part of an interesting change for next year, too. And there was a really big story, obviously, this week as well, about the fact that Disney has now got five movies this year, which made a billion dollars. Yes. And then if you look at the ones that they've released that were Fox movies, it's very much the... <laughs> it's literally, it's the flip of the coin. It's like, I'm, I think we're going to see a lot more Fox stuff cancelled. I think we're going to see some that they're really committed to push to Disney+. Plus. And I think we're just going to see a lot more concentration on the kind of stuff that they know makes bank, which I think creatively would be a shame. But we are seeing one movie coming out this week that is the Fox Searchlight movie that is a really, really great little piece of of cinema that we can talk about later in the show. That is ready or not. There's going to be a review towards the end of the show on that. Okay, moving away from D23. Little bit of a falling out this week um, between Sony and Disney uh, and and the whole Marvel thing. Um, everybody appeared to have an opinion on this this week. Um, where were you standing on this this week, Silas? What are your thoughts on it? I mean, I have mixed thoughts. I I would say I, I probably am on the like disney side uh if you have to pick sides uh but i I think it's silly i think that the fact of the matter is it's these two giant corporations and your job is to provide entertainment for people and if you're so bogged down in how much money you're making and you're unable to provide that entertainment then you're Mm. both at fault for for ruining something that was really really great so for those people who might not kind of understand the whole situation Obviously, Sony have done very well with Spider-Man in the last couple of years. They had the two Spider-Man movies. They had Spider-Verse, which obviously won them an Oscar as well. Where does this leave Sony and Spider-Man? Sony, if they pull Spider-Man back 100%, I don't know what's going to happen. To Can characters be referenced from the cinematic universe? Would it suddenly not be in the cinematic universe? I'm not sure. I... Frankly, I think it's a little ludicrous that, like, well, why don't you make your own live-action Spider-Man franchise, run it at the same time, make sure it's doing well, and then sever ties? Yeah. Like, it, this just seems like a bad time to do this. Scott, your thoughts on See, this? See, I, I completely disagree. I actually think with uh, the last Spider-Man movie, which I did not like, but I know a lot of people did... Um, they basically tied up all the loose ends of the Avengers universe within that movie. Mm. And now they can actually have a standalone Spider-Man movie that moves forward past that and kind of can be its own thing. But theoretically could not reference the fact that it takes place in the Marvel Cinematic but Universe. But I don't know if it has to anymore because the the way that they, they worked out this all the storylines here is basically they passed the torch already and then he could just be his own character and he can finally what I've wanted from the Spider-Man from the last two movies is that I don't want to hear about Tony Stark I want Spider-Man to be Spider-Man and that's what I'm hoping that will happen. I mean, I sort of agree with that, but I feel yeah. like like these same people are the people that didn't want to do a Spider-Man 4 and instead did the Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> franchise. Yeah. And I just don't have faith that these In are people Sony. that know what they're doing. I mean, I, I'll, I'll be honest yeah. with you. I, I enjoy Spider-Man more in the Marvel movies, uh, the MCU movies, than I do in the Sony movies, even though it's the same actor playing the same character. I just think the way that the MCU handled Spider-Man is, is great. I don't dislike the last two Spider-Man movies. I actually had quite a bit of fun with them. I prefer the, the most recent one to, to the first one. But my favorite Spider-Man that Sony did, and this was, again, not part of the MCU, was Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2, when it was all about Spider-Man, and that was just the story you got, which was great. And I sometimes feel that it's actually nice to have these 
almost disconnected standalone things in these franchises that just feel like you're it's it's not a constant it's not like a human centipede of of movies where you know you're ass to mouth consuming a narrative for 15 to 20 years i'm just like it's okay to just be on your own and have a little meal yeah i just i just sometimes it's you know i I miss the fact that you have story arcs in a small part of a universe but you know there's a bigger part around it i just think you don't have to connect everything all the time i mean dc's learning that dc is learning that yeah and it's it's working very well you can see that those movies can be very profitable um you know i I just and also i'm i'm kind of almost the opinion where there are so many characters that i like in the mcu but i see some of them so often you know they lose their Sparkle. I get too familiar with them because, you know, they're probably going to pop up in something else. And if they're, for me, was certainly with some of the characters that pop up in, in the larger MCU, if they're not serviced properly in a story and they don't really have a lot to do, it's kind of like, meh, it affects my perception of of those characters and how they are used. I think it does them a bit of a disservice, especially if you, you know, you, you feel for those characters. So, I mean, I, I'm, I, I, it's all about money. It is always about it's money. It's never about the fans. Let's, it's let's just, can we just fans. be honest and say yeah. that it's not about the fans, it's just about the money, and they just couldn't get to that right number, because that's really what it is. Yeah. And neither one of them wanted to give it up. Can I, can I throw out the idea? <laughs> sure. And hopefully, hopefully Sony and Disney yeah. watch this show yeah, and correct. are anxious for advice. Big fans. That Clearly, sense. Sony doesn't want to make another deal that doesn't give them something because mm. they don't want to look like they didn't get a deal. Yeah. Um, maybe there's some way to divide it instead of in half into a third and put that extra money to a charity or something positive. These movies are going to make billions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, uh, It seems like maybe you could share that. Yeah, no, I think that would yes. not be an unreasonable idea. idea. I think idea. that's a really good idea. A lot of people in the chat have opinions on this. As Zeno Hour are two massive conglomerates beefing over money, and people are choosing sides like their sports team. So weird. Ultimately, you know, yeah, you 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 either you either don't care or you kind of side with one or the other. Um, animation dude Tom Holland would never be able to say uh, any MCU character names in solely Sony made movies. Uh, how does that work and not drive people insane? Uh, William Daniels. Uh, I just stopped by to say at work uh, and I love the graphic it's completely mad and erratic and perfectly sums up this week's movie news thank you so much we really appreciate it some of the guys here uh, put in a lot of work to that so we do appreciate it um, Xeno Hour because Marvel Studios in the creative force behind this version of Spider-Man I think Disney has every right to ask for 30% uh, Kami Egan Sony Disney will uh, come to some type of agreement wherein Sony will still allow Spider-Man to be in the MCU but the Spider-Man films will be streamed through Disney Plus that could it doesn't... I don't know. Mm, no. I don't know. That wouldn't quite work, I don't think. Too much money. Yeah. Animation Dude, Far From Home made over a billion. Spider-Verse made over 400 million. Uh, just because it has an Oscar, that doesn't mean it is as financially important uh, uh, to Sony's bottom line. No, it doesn't. But Sony also doesn't have a lot of IPs that are delivering on that level. Or any films that are delivering on that level. Besides Jumanji. Besides Jumanji or <laughs> but, Bond. But who knows if, if Jumanji is a franchise or a fluke. Oh, that's a good point. That I is... guess we won't know until the next one, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. To December. Then we can have a different conversation. Until December! <laughs> December! Uh, well, we'll see Spider-Man in Jumanji. So on again. I think I'm lost. <laughs> I do think what they need to be worried about is... Um, there, there's an effect that people lose interest not just in another Spider-Man movie, yeah. but in... I mean, 
when Venom came out, there was like, is this possibly in the Marvel Cinematic? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. And it got by. Nobody wants to see a Morbius movie. And a Morbius movie that 100% does not have any chance of connecting to any characters that you actually like, that's a problem. Yeah, it is. But I mean, I, I would like to see. I would like to see one of these superhero movies really focus on the POV of the villain. You know, because I think it's in about fifty percent of just across, you know, MCU and and you know the, the D- DCU, um, I think villains have always been a problem because they're kind of the afterthought after the hero. Um, and I'm almost very much like I would like to see a movie that is coming from a bad guy point of view. I, I have a big theory that I, I, I tell people all the time, but I, I think the next big Avengers movie is going to be Dark Avengers. Ooh, that would be cool. It just feels like we hit a point where yeah. where William Hurt's character is suddenly brought back in. He's Thunderbolt Ross. Dark Avengers are effectively the Thunderbolts. Um, and it, it, it annoys me so much that this Sony thing happened because I have been saying, I want to see Michael Keaton take the Norman Osborn role in Dark Avengers and have him wear the Iron Patriot armor. Yeah. That would be amazing. That would be awesome. Michael Keaton, whichever way it goes with Sony. Yeah. Definitely keep Michael Keaton. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely keep Michael Keaton. Uh, a lot of other stuff happened this week as well. Um, you, you wait for a Matrix movie and then a fourth one comes <laughs> along um, because apparently everybody's remembered Keanu Reeves exists, yeah. uh, which is, I mean, great. It's great. Uh, we're getting a Matrix 4. It's happening uh, with Keanu Reeves, uh, Carrie-Anne Moss, and uh, Lana Wachowski uh, going to be returning for that. And apparently, uh, Lana is going to be bringing back the uh, uh, DOP from, I think, uh, Jupiter... Ascending? Ascending. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's, that is a good-looking movie, but... I'll never, forget, movie. I'll never forget when they screened that at Sundance. I'll never forget it because they couldn't even fill up the Egyptian theater, which was three hundred and something seats. It was great. I like I literally that like that was like the you remember seeing the movie. It was, I can't forget it. <laughs> Seriously, I would literally that is one of the movies that I've I've watched in sort of the last sort of five or six years, and I've gone like, what? Yeah. And it was genuinely a time um, when uh, Eddie Redmayne was just becoming absolutely huge. And then he's like, hello, <laughs> I am a space person. Wait, wait, it's also weird that he's is that? the only space person that talks like that. <laughs> I know. It's like the only one who hasn't gone through puberty. He's yeah. like, hello, I live in space. <laughs> Are you all right? Do you, do, you need, do you need a word as original to suck on or something? You've got, hello, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's like nobody told him. He's like, okay, Eddie, turn up on set and it's like fancy dress, but it's all like you're an Elizabethan lady. Yeah. Who's this? It's great, it's great, mate. You carry on, don't worry. We'll, we'll change everybody else's voice in post. So to this day, I'm like, whenever I see clips and that, I'm like, oh, fuck, Eddie. Seriously, come on, man. I have no uh... idea. And, and I just Channing Tatum in that movie and... Mila Kunis. She yeah. never. She doesn't want to talk about that movie a lot. When she you... never wants to talk about anything. <laughs> no, that, um... <laughs> that is true. Uh, but the Matrix Four. I was going slightly off off, off topic there. Uh, Matrix Four. Um, I remember when the first Matrix movie came out, and everybody was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And then the two sequels came out, and they're like, "These are shit." Yes. So. What do we do with the... What do you do with a thing like The Matrix? Do you pretend the other two movies didn't happen? Do you do a Terminator and go back to the first one? Obviously, they're doing the second one. Um, Or do you go, oopsie, um, weave a story into the second and third that's in a parallel universe? Or do you just go, let's just move on? I mean, 
the first Matrix was such a game changer. I mean, we as as film lovers, as journalists, we know how much that changed cinema and yeah. that slow mo and like everyone was doing a parody of it at some point. And then to have the second and third ones be such misfires. Yeah. Um, there's great elements about both of those movies. It's just it misses the mark. Both of those movies miss the mark. It's tough. It's a tough call because I think technology has advanced so much right now mm. that I think maybe they need to go back to the roots of the first movie and look at like all the techn- technological advances that they have with that movie and try to focus on that. Okay. So I don't think they should forget about the other movies because they're clearly part of this universe, mm. but they have to focus on what made the first one so stand out. Yeah. Your thoughts on this, Silas? I, I feel the same way. I think continuity, even if it's bad continuity, is very, very, very important. Yeah. Um, and, I, I mean, the easiest thing to do with Matrix is just reveal that, the, oh, the, the, there was another Matrix the entire time, and even the, the rave waking world that we saw is actually another Matrix within a Matrix. And that that would be that would be one way of doing it. I mean, I, I you could just do just carry on with a completely different story and only occasionally reference the the original movies and um, bring back those uh, w- twins with white dreadlocks. No, I think I'm I mean okay. they're available. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they're, they are. They're available for work. They died though, right? Doesn't matter. It's the Matrix. <laughs> they can bring come them back. back. They could bring them back. I, I would love to see something dealing with uh, maybe the Matrix was necessary. Maybe the world is not a great place now that we've destroyed the Matrix and we need to make a new Matrix that yeah. gets things back on track. I think one thing that always amazed me about the Matrix, I mean, I remember seeing it for the first time and it absolutely blew my tiny mind. Um, when you talk to people like James Cameron, and they talk about how much that movie influenced them and even at their point then in their career they were at the top of their game to be influenced by something like that though those people being influenced just goes to show how incredibly innovative and original that was so many other movies try to i mean you say you mentioned the lampooning but they try to do either do the same oh, yeah. or elevate it. I mean, we had a slew of these movies that were, that were set in this, you know, alternative kind of techno universe thing, and none of them managed to do it. So, what is the special source for the Matrix that you think made it work when nothing else did? Was it because it was one of the first of those? Not the first, because we've seen a lot of movies that have toyed with that idea before. But what was it about it that worked in the first movie that perhaps didn't work in the second and third movies that you think they need to recapture for the fourth? I kind of feel it was it was the, the uh, manga influence. Right. Um, the, we, the, we had not seen a, a really, really big budget sort of like... Uh, William Gibson style uh, techno punk story. Yeah, um, there had been things like that in the past, and traditionally they hadn't done very well. Um, yeah, so to to get that, but I don't know. There's something when movies come out where they they have confidence. Um, I think it's one of the reasons Avatar is the biggest movie ever. Yeah, or, or was until very recently was just the confidence with which they said, "No, we we spent an insane amount of money, but you're going to see that money on the screen, and you have to go see it." Your thoughts on this? Scott? I, I think it ties into what he's saying too. Is that the the first one, even though it is a visual marvel and it was like technologically amazing Mm. the story was so good and the characters were so interesting and with the other movies what I felt 
the problem was is that the strong the stories weren't as strong and it relied so heavily on the action and the set pieces of the action um i remember the the third one and what really drove me nuts was that long drawn out like battle sequence yep. that pretty much felt like the same exact thing going i just remember those guys in the gun like for literally 45 minutes and it's like okay i'm bored yeah and i think that's part of the problem is that they they had such a cool idea, such good cool characters, and a good story for the first one. And then of course they wanted to expand the universe. And then they like the second movie became more of an action action driven film where yep. a lot of like chase sequences. And then the last one they didn't know what to do. So like it was the first half was very story heavy. The second half was just like uh, an elaborate battle sequence. Yeah, and they just didn't combine. It, it, the third one in a weird way almost reminds me of like a Kill Bill one and two. Where like the Good one analogy, one, one yeah. part is like really story driven, and then the second part is like really violent. Yeah, and that was like it. But like they just don't flow as well as they should. People in the chat pointing out Toby Emmerich. Uh, this is from Zeno Hour. Toby Emmerich uh, mentioned the, the the Matrix universe in the PR. Um, think he thinks the Matrix Four is going to be uh, what did uh, what TFA did for Star Wars. Um, mm. That's the Force Awakens uh, and launch a cinematic universe could be an option. Uh, animation dude um, Tim Rothman is one of many people in Hollywood who continue to fall up. Um, William Daniels saying Matrix Four pitch. William B Jordan wakes up young Morpheus Neo and Trinity older characters appear to him to break him out of the Matrix amidst a fury of action he is the chosen one don't explain how you know when does Hollywood have to explain what it's doing it would be super cool if if you did that with Michael B. Jordan or or whoever is the lead uh, and and had this new chosen one and then the twist is that it's actually they've been manipulated by using Neo's own backstory to create a champion for their side who now has to do battle with Neo. That would be great, actually. If you haven't seen The Matrix, by the way, for a long time, do check it out, because I watched it probably for the first time in, God, the longest time, about two years ago, and it still really works. It still really, really works. It's a great movie. Uh, let's see what other people are saying. Xeno uh, Hour. The Matrix wasn't destroyed. Neo and the machines forged a Pete Steele in order to stop the Agent Smith virus. Uh, Dr. Packer, uh, The Matrix ripped off Grant Morrison's The Invisibles comic series. Uh, and Xeno Hour asking... Uh, who should join the Matrix 4 cast? Um, my pick is Eco Oase. Obviously, which Hollywood has managed not to find a oh, great role for since the raid, which is weird. Um, I honestly don't know, to be honest with you. Um, I think there needs to be a couple of people in the cast who have that kind of training. But as we saw with the first movies, you don't necessarily need that when you have kick-ass wire work and, and CGI. You can... It really depends on the story. You know, I think it needs to go more story than, than action. Uh, and William Daniels, final word on this. I strongly believe they, Keanu and Carrie, should be supporting characters. They need a good new lead. That might happen. We don't know at the moment. We just know that it's going to be a movie that's happening. Uh, strange week this week. Uh, moving on. Uh, any other movie week, the big story that would dominate would be the fact that a Bond movie title's been revealed. But this appeared to be a, huh, moment this week. I don't know whether it's the name <laughs> or whether it's the fact that there's just too much other stuff going on, or maybe. Or how irrelevant James Bond, Bond has, has become. Yeah. Um, which is probably got a few people at Sony 
pooping their pants. Yep, and especially MGM. I, I would say more for them, considering the Annapurna thing that's going on right now, mm-hmm. which they're tied into. Very interesting. So, Bond 25 is officially titled No Time to Die, which is kind of the same as Everything Die Another else. Day. Or it's a Bond title. It fits. Yeah, it's like it doesn't actually mean anything. Uh, but apparently, this time James Bond just has no. I just don't have time to die. <laughs> Simply don't have any time. Uh, James Bond ain't got time for that. Um, so thoughts on the title? I mean, when I heard it, I didn't really think much of it, and no. then I saw the the title treatment, and it kind of was like, you know what? I actually kind of like like. It, it's an original James Bond title that sounds like it should be a James Bond title, and yeah. that's not easy. Yeah. Ditto. Ditto. I don't have anything else to say. It's like they put the name into a like a James Bond title bot generator. They picked, put, put a bunch of words into a hat, and they picked them out in order. And they were like, okay, that doesn't sound right. All right, move that around, move that around. Okay, this is good. What was that game where you used to roll a bit of paper over, <laughs> write a word, fold it over, and get someone to write another word? And they go, okay, Brian, yeah, you go, no. Yeah, great. Uh, give me something that you can measure. Time. Uh, give me a number. Two. Okay, two. Brilliant. And uh, things that you can do. Live or die. Die. There no. you go. I mean... It's, it'll be a great song title. I can see a buble or someone <laughs> crooning this. Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. There you go. And Lady Gaga. Yeah, I was <laughs> very underwhelmed by this. Uh, something I that also underwhelmed people this week, um, but some people loved it. It's part two. Um, mixed reactions, <laughs> uh, I think, would be the best way to describe that this week yes. uh, you guys obviously full reviews are, are, are not available right now but everybody was allowed to, to tweet their their thoughts because full reviews are still embargoed right they are still embargoed yeah. there is no embargo release date as of yet okay. from my knowledge but um, is it going to be after the film comes out <laughs> no I'm, I'm okay, pretty fine, sure it'll fine. be a little bit earlier than that um but I will say just because I learned from like people like Nestor is that you probably have we have about 30 seconds that we can say where it doesn't count as a reveal because uh, I watch his reaction like little things where they has a social embargo he, okay. tw- he does a video tweet kind of thing okay. interesting yeah. um, so let's first of all I mean I know your opinions I, I saw your reactions <laughs> but uh, first of all Scott on this uh, it part two um, you were very clear in your thoughts about this yes um, this week um, 30 seconds go I just think that it's incredibly uneven I think it's messy I think it's easily the biggest disappointment that I've seen so far this year. Wow. Um, Casting-wise, I thought Jessica, and I I know this is, I'm like the only person who's saying this, but I think Jessica and James McAvoy really stand out in this film because they're so polished as actors and they've played so many different types of roles. Um, I know this Bill Hader awards nonsense that's starting to talk right now, I'm calling bullshit on it right now. Um, I get the character that he's playing and who he was in the first movie but uh just came off as annoying and irritating and um it has great great moments but the two hour and 45 minute runtime is completely unnecessary yeah i mean that i i had heard before it had been screened for people some thoughts and reactions to people who had already seen the movie and they weren't glowing um i've seen a very big mix of people that really don't like it some people that say it's like as good as the original and then kind of people in the middle who simply refuse to be drawn either way uh it's almost like they don't want to offend the prs 
Yeah. And so they can get into Go screenings. Yeah, no, I'll I, say, what's the chance of that? I didn't hate it. I, I enjoyed it. I had yeah. a good time. I do think it's a little longer than it needs to be. Mm. Um, I do Length think seems to be something that everybody has, has commented on with this. Well, you know, the, the big trouble I felt with it is that the first half doesn't have flash-forwards or flashbacks. Mm. So to then have a, a second half that's comprised of flashbacks, it doesn't feel even to the first one. Mm. Um, and especially now that there's talk of doing a longer cut... Uh, I, yeah. I there is a sense of like oh I, I almost just want to watch the long cut in one fell swoop. Mm. Do you? I mean, are you surprised by the reactions? I'm not entirely surprised because the first film was so well received. Um, it, it, it was a, it was a great movie. It came out at exactly the right time. Um, it captured something of a, of a horror zeitgeist revival. It kind of really kicked that up a notch. Um, and ultimately, does any of this matter? Because no. it's it's still predicted to open very strongly at the box office in a couple of weeks. The other crazy figure I saw is that if it does as well as the first one, which it yeah. probably will, it will become the most successful horror franchise of all time. Which with is two insane movies. with two movies. God. I think, it, it, I think this movie is going to have a very strong opening weekend. I think that, without question, is going to be the case. The reality is, unlike the first film where I felt like it continued to have legs, I think this is going to see a big drop-off considering the runtime. And I think that's that's going to really play a factor in this movie. Because people are going to go whether or not... like My prediction is this movie is going to have about a 40 or 50 on Rotten Tomatoes when all of a sudden done. I think people are still going to see, see it because they committed to the first one. Yeah. And they love the first one. But that being said, once the cinema cinema score comes out and once audiences go see this and they see how long it is, there's this is not going to have the repeat viewings of, say, an endgame where people are going to go back and see it again. I was going to say, actually, because the two big movies that, that stand out this year for me were, that have that significant length are this and Endgame. And I think one reason that people, even though Endgame was a, was a very full movie, there was a lot of stuff in that movie, there was, no, there was very little downtime... Uh, a lot of people were kind of like, oh, God, it's almost three hours. Do I want to sit and watch a movie for three hours? They kind of forgave the runtime to watch Endgame, and they did go back and see it again. If people are kind of like, oh, well, I've heard it's not very good, and it's almost three hours long, is there a possibility of some people just bypassing theatres and going, I'll catch that at home when I can pop out for a piss whenever I need? I don't know. I, I kind of feel like the, the, the time it's coming out is really well-timed. Yes, like, right, it, yes. It'll have a really big opening because it's the beginning of September. Yeah. And it'll stay in theaters through Halloween. So it'll probably have an uptick in October. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see because a lot of movies aren't doing that eight weeks. You know, outside of things like Avengers. You know, within a, a sort of an eight-week period, they are tending to drop a bit. But hopefully we can see that. Um Okay, let's see what people are saying about this in the chat. Um, uh, Dr. Peck is saying, length isn't the important thing, it's the girth that matters. I think you've missed what I'm talking <laughs> about there. Uh, Mr. Duck Sauce, it's basically Portlandia with Bill Hader, and he's just an assassin. Um, I don't know what I was talking about. Oh, I think they're talking about Barry. That's definitely not it, part two. Um, uh, someone was saying here, uh, Kamei Egan, I did not see the first it, but would like to see chapter two based on the trailer. But I don't know that I would sit through an almost three-hour horror film. Um, I do find it quite interesting that some people who might not have seen it would go and see the second part of a story, which might not even be the best part of the story. 
Um, it's interesting. So, Kame, I'd, I'd love to hear what you thought uh, when you've actually seen it um, and if you thought you needed to see the first movie. I'm assuming with a lot of the flashbacks, that's kind of... You don't have to have seen the first movie. You can go into this just a part two. Would you both agree on that? I would say try to see the first movie, though. The first movie is so good. It is I so mean, good. One of the things that is important about the, the split is just the idea that it's harder to identify with adults. And it's really easy to identify with kids who are being menaced by a, a, an insane clown. And especially the fact that these kids grew up in a time period that was the same time period I grew up in. Yeah. There's a connection there that hits uh, that is not so present in the new one so i mean i know we can't talk about too much sure. but like my problem with the movie is that the 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 like the book the i should, should say unlike the book the first movie commits to the kids right and it makes the commitment like we're not going to talk about the adults and in the second film i feel like halfway through the movie they go well this isn't as interesting as the kids so we're going to keep relying on flashbacks to show you the kids, to remind you, like, remember when they were kids and how much better this was? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just how I feel. F- final thing on this, uh, <laughs> and it could be quite short answers. Um, was the fact that the first film was so good always going to be the case that the second one was going to have something perhaps that was impossible to live up to? Was that the case, or was this just mishandled? I felt that way about Endgame. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I would say no. Okay. Uh, I, I just I would say no because I think there there was enough here. I think it's just I just I think the, the it just it's a little cocky, a little, little cocky. That's right. what I say. I think you know the fact that there's a four hour cut of this movie shows that there that the director got a little cocky considering the success of the first one. Interesting. I'm hoping to check it out in the next couple of weeks. I know I've got at least one screening at, at BAFTA lined up, um, but I hope to be able to, to see it with a larger press crowd as well. Um, okay, a couple of other stories I'm going to touch on very quickly. Uh, we've got 15 minutes left on the show. Uh, news yesterday that the Enchanted movie has lost its director, Dan Trachtenberg. Um, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm hit and miss on movies that are made out of games, and Uncharted was certainly one that I was not particularly excited about seeing. Um, Tom Holland was associated with some movie. Not a good week for poor old Tommy Boy. <laughs> well, you do wonder, is is Tom Holland saying, like, wait a minute, Sony is costing me the franchise that I care more about than anything else in the entire world? Yeah. No, I'm not going to do your troubled video game movie. And yeah. it may be that he's leaving as a director as a result of that. Game over! Game over! Scott, your thoughts on this? <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. What's, uh, what's the Zendaya show? That's on um, oh, Euphoria. Euphoria. Mm. It was funny. I saw this 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 funny um, meme today, and I and I don't normally laugh at memes, but it was like um, Tom Holland going to Zend- Zendaya's house, and it's like he's like at the door with a whole bunch of money, like get me, <laughs> get me on the show, please. Yeah. I don't know. I just saw that. Um, I'm with you, Simon, on video game movies. Um, there's just there's so few and far between yeah. when they they actually work. I mean, to to how strange this is is that the one that I think worked the best was actually Pokemon this last. Yeah, this I agree last with you. One. I agree. Um, but the rest of them. Eh. Uh, in the, uh, the the no shit Sherlock award this week goes to uh, <laughs> Doctor Sleep is rated R for disturbing and violent content. So what? slash film is saying please leave your kids at home. Um, I mean, I would have been really disappointed if this wasn't going to be R rated. To be honest with you, because. I mean, I, I, wa- I want it to be fucked up. I want it to be dark. I want it to be really like, oh, 
God, I feel unsettled. Uh, uh, any surprises here that he's going to be R-rated? I don't think so. <laughs> no, I mean, I was when that was a, when that was a story this week. I'm like, well, good. I'm really good. There are many movies that I think are going to be R-rated that don't. And I'm like, God, that should have been R-rated. But no, I mean, so I'm really good. Word out of test screenings, by the way, for Doctor Sleep is strong. Mm-hmm. Very strong. Mike Flanagan so. is. I mean, if, if you count TV and movies on the same level, my, my favorite thing this year is, is Haunting a Hill House. Yeah, um, I think that's just incredible. I've had so many interactions with, with, with him, sort of personally, and he is genuinely a wildly talented and a very very nice guy who deserves big success so Dr. Sleep very excited about that uh, uh, Peter Fonda died this week um, a, a great actor with a lot of range but everybody was just talking about Easy Rider which is perhaps his best known um, movie um, another shame at 79 um, you know something of, of an icon hadn't done a huge amount of work in the last couple of years he kind of picked his projects and stuff like that Ghost um, Rider yeah yes Ghost Rider <laughs> was probably the last thing that was was really notable for, for him right I mean, Peter Fonda, do you have a favourite Peter Fonda memory or a favourite Peter Fonda movie? I spoke to a lot of people this week and they were like, who's Peter Fonda? And I was like, oh my <laughs> God, what are you, eight? So that was that was rather annoying. But um, I actually, I'll be honest with you, I was not a massive fan of Easy Rider. Uh-huh. I'm not, I, I don't, when everyone's getting Easy Rider, I know it was a seminal movie, but I was not a massive fan and I've watched it a few times over the years. Still not a massive fan of Easy Rider. Um, I thought it was more about the sensationalism than it was actually about being a really, really good movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's an interesting oeuvre. Scott, anything that stands out? I'm of- literally like looking through his filmography right now and seeing if there, if there is anything that truly, truly standing out that I would, rec- would recommend. I did, I did really love that 310 to Yuma remake which a lot of people didn't get to see but a lot of people often reference because it is actually such a strong movie yeah um it was it was criminally overlooked when it when it was in movie theaters um and uli's gold was another one uh, that he did which i actually refused to watch as a kid <laughs> um because i was like oh my god that looks crap and i watched it and it's a really really sweet and good movie seriously it's really really cool uh also news this week that there's going to be a remake of sudden death the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie uh, is going to have a comedic twist and is going to be called uh, Welcome to Sudden Death. That, I'll be honest with you, is, I think, the shittest idea <laughs> I have heard this week. Um, I really enjoyed Sudden Death, but whoever pitched that in an elevator, I take my hat off to you because you convinced somebody that the world needed to see that. Yes. Uh, y- your thoughts on this, guys? I mean, I'm obviously very clear on where I stand on this. <laughs> Why? That's, yeah. that's just it. Why? I'm a little intrigued by that title. <laughs> like, whoa. It doesn't what? make sense. <laughs> Welcome to Sudden Death. Welcome. For some reason, it just reminds me of the, the Kristen Wiig, uh, Welcome to Me. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. God, yeah. And uh, news this week, uh, the Joker sequel might happen if Joaquin Phoenix is up for it. Uh, that gets my tenuous story um, of the week award. Uh, let's quickly look at the, uh, the... I mean, it's like, if somebody wants to do a movie, then the movie might get made. Okay, <laughs> I get it. Uh, box office this week, couple of releases. We're going to get to the reviews in a second. Here, according to Box Office Mojo, is how it's looking at. Number one is going to be Angel Has Fallen. Uh, number two is going to be Good Boys. You're going to hate the top ten this week. Uh, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw in third place. Lion King uh, in fourth. Angry Birds 2, oh, fifth place. Uh, followed by Ready or Not, which is a movie you should see this week. Overcomer, which I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Overcomer, um, it does sound like a superhero who has a problem and can't stop ejaculating. Uh, once Upon a 
the time. Uh, then in eighth, ninth is Dora and the Lost City of Gold, which apparently very good. And tenth place, scary stories to tell in the dark. Already looking like it's going to leave. Uh, but Angel has fallen, apparently looking at taking the top spot with a quite lean uh, 14.5 million, which is not great. Um, it took an impressive 1.5 million on Thursday previews. This is a movie I think that is going to do quite well this weekend. And then I think it's very quickly going to disappear from movie theatres. Um, okay, I saw this. You haven't seen this, have you, Simon? No, I haven't. No. Okay, um, I'll be honest with you. I enjoyed uh, Olympus Has Fallen. Uh, I despised London Has Fallen with perhaps the worst tagline of the last five years, um, prepare for bloody hell, which doesn't make any sense in the English language. Um, Angel Has Fallen, I mean, strike me down, I actually had fun with this as, as cheesy as it is because it reminded me of the crap that I used to bring home from the video store and go oh my god that's so bad it's good there are so many bad things in it um, Jada Pinkett Smith I thought that was someone trying to be Jada Pinkett Smith and then I checked and it's like oh that's Jada Pinkett Smith in a pointless pointless role um, I don't know why she signed up to do it Nick Nolte I actually think they found him living in the trees <laughs> and he just happened to be there when they were shooting. They were like, hey, Nick, role. you want a case of beer? Yeah. You want to do this? Yeah, it's Let's just do this. madness. Yeah. I mean, but I'll be honest with you. It's so, so dumb, but I I actually really enjoyed it. Um, if you're looking for something, I mean, I honestly don't know if I'd go and see it in a movie theater. I don't I can't honestly say you should spend $15 on this movie, but it's, it's so dumb. I cannot... I can't... It's like a dog running around in circles. I can't not say it's it's adorable. Uh, Scott, your thoughts on this? You know what? It, it's, it's just... My problem with it is is that it, it's going into a theater. This is just the perfect example of a movie that should either go straight to streaming or straight to DVD. Yeah. You know, it's... it's I'm, I'm okay with it. Like you... I think it's it gets to the point where it just becomes so enjoyable because of how bad and how stupid it is. I mean, the fact that they had an eighty million dollar budget is mind boggling to me. And there's this explosion scene that happens where it looks so CG and so fake. And it's like they got like clip art explosions at times or whatever. And it's like the only time where there's that huge explosion and yet it looks so bad. I'm like, where did this eighty million go? Because it's obviously not to the cast. Yeah. So it's like, where did this go? Um I don't a jaded Jada Pinkett Smith. I mean, that's that's a Razzie Award with her name on it. I like we can give it to her right now. It was just yeah. so bad, so but, bad. But um, it's it's like you said, it's it's not as bad as the last one, which was it's just terrible. fun and stupid, and you can enjoy it. And then there's this post credit scene, which makes no freaking sense whatsoever <laughs> but it's just so I genuinely thought that when I saw it someone had like maybe accidentally edited something into the credits and I'm like you um, missed out Silas that's what we're saying <laughs> yeah you missed it, out it was it's weird um, but don't pay for but it but I'll be honest with you I, I this left me going I would watch three more of these on Netflix <laughs> <laughs> what, what else do you want to see fall? I don't or know. Fall. Uh, uh, Humpty Dumpty has fallen. <laughs> uh, profits have fallen. And uh, self-respect has yeah. fallen. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's not great. But I'll be honest with you, I've seen worse this year. I, I kind of liked it. Uh, another great movie coming out. Uh, <laughs> a great movie coming out this week. Uh, Britney Runs a Marathon. Yes. Um, probably one of the best indie movies of, of the year as far as I'm concerned. I think it's fair to call it an indie. Uh, Scott, I know you're a big fan of this. You saw it at festival. Yep. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, 
first first screening at Sundance. I was there. Um, full disclosure, um, not the biggest Jillian Bell fan mm-hmm. before this movie. This movie made me a fan of her work. Um, just a, a, a delightful film that is grounded in reality, has no problem telling the truth. As someone who has felt down on themselves a lot throughout my life and about my weight and things of that nature, this movie really connected with me. And I thought it was very eye-opening, and it will be inspirational to both women and men, which yeah. I think is something that nobody who signed on for this project originally thought, but everyone, when I talked to them last week, said they were like, oh, I can't believe men are really relating to this. This is a universal story that is going to connect with a lot of people, and it's a career-making performance for her. I think absolutely. I mean, I really hope that it does do you know do ha- half-decent you know business at the box office. I'm so worried about it, because I wanted to... I I, mean, I, I, just, to do well. I don't. I don't think it will, but I think you know. Hopefully, word of mouth will will lift it up a little bit. Uh, but I think it is a movie that when people will discover it, probably on on streaming, and they're going, like, "How the hell did I know about this movie?" Um, it, it really is a highlight. And like you say, Gillian Bell. I mean, I actually quite like her, but it, to me, it's kind of like they found something above the kind of roles that they were giving her previously, which is like she's a bit big oh, and she's funny, oh, big funny lady. And there's this gives so many more layers. Uh, no pun intended. Um, it's, it's genuinely it's 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 a great movie. It's a movie that you find it's very difficult to find fault with. Um, and there's there's just this scene in there. I, I I'm not going to spoil it to spoil it for anyone, but there's this great scene between her character uh, and, and little mm. little Rella's character. Mm. Uh, they're 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 in Philadelphia and they're sitting around for celebrating a birthday party, and there's this altercation that pretty much happens at the table. And I would say that is the most heart wrenching scene that I've seen in yeah. quite some time because it's just it's so fueled with honesty and then what happens afterward the conversation that takes place uh, it just it's such an incredible film uh incredible film but that that particular scene uh that five minute chunk of the movie i i think takes it to the next level and the dialogue is so smart yeah so smart uh just a couple of minutes left on the show so let's talk about the other release this week actually probably the best movie that's out uh ready or not i really enjoyed this movie um it is it's kind of i would uh, we talked about this when the trailer dropped a, a couple of months ago it's kind of like a a, a mix between um well clue and I, I guess uh, surviving the game would be a, a good analogy. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this. Um, it, it's a little bit, it's it's crazy. It's quite samey because it's basically the same thing all the way through. But it has a really nice couple of touches on this. Uh, Silas, I know you saw this and you're you're a fan of this, right? I gotta say, it might be the most fun I've had in a movie this year. Yeah. Um. It it just it really moves. It. Uh, has some surprises that are really fun, uh, but it's just the the sensibility of the movie and the the performance of Samara Weaving, who just is like, oh, you're a new movie star. <laughs> she's so good. She's been in a couple of things where she's really blown me away. Fun fact, in a scene where Andy McDowell gets hit in the face, uh, that actually happened. Um, she actually got hit in the face by accident. Uh, Scott Menzel, your thoughts on this? Um, I, really enjoy, I, I really enjoyed it, and probably not as much as you guys. Um, I think my my big issue with the film is that when it kind of wraps up, mm. I just kind of walked out of it and I was kind of like, oh, okay. That being said, I think it it, it takes the ball and runs with it. Yeah. And um, like you said, she is just phenomenal in the film. Yeah. Like you just, she's an unintentional badass. 
You know, she's like the underdog who has to become the badass, and she just owns the movie. I think some of the side characters, some of the, like the little gags, didn't quite work for me. Sure. And then when it came to the end, the ending is really like where it went from being like, say, like a, a an eight or a nine for me to kind of being like a, a seven. Interesting. Because I just felt like I, I just walked out of it and I was like, okay, so. I feel exactly the opposite. The I feel like the ending is what like, locked really? it in for me. Really? Okay. It, it made me want to see another one if there is another family like this out there. But one thing I loved about it was the crazy old woman. Oh, yeah. She, she was, was good. Oh, my God. She was... At, give her her own little spin-off. You know, like Pixar take characters and give them their own <laughs> little movies? Give crazy bitch grandma a little spin-off of her own. I'd love to see her at home, her home life, going out into movie theatres and stuff like that. Maybe going to the grocery store. That'd be hilarious. Uh, guys, it's the end of the show. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Scott Menzel, uh, your film of the week would be... Brittany runs a marathon. Your film of the week would be... Ready or not. Okay, fantastic. Scott, who are you? Where can we find you? Sure, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M, or go over to WeLiveEntertainment.com. I am going to head down to D23 right after this, so what? if you're down there, feel free to say hi. And uh, Silas Nesnik, who are you and where can we find you? I'm on Twitter at uh, Silas Lesnick. Uh, I work for Movie Bill, which is on Twitter as The Movie Bill and at MovieBill.com. Uh, you can find me at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can also follow this show on Meet the Movie Press. If you like this show, like, subscribe, comment. We don't just have to end the chat in the chat room. You can add to the comments below here. We really appreciate it. You can also listen to us on Apple, Spotify, all the other platforms. Really appreciate it. Spand, uh, spread the word and I will support you again next week. Thank you so much. Blah, 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 blah. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.